This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. You give one of those to every person or get them to pick one. Just one. Thank you. I said, Ooh, what's in the box? Is in the box. One of those game shows where it's like you can have the $1,000 or you can have what's in the box. That gamble that they take. You know, do you want the sure thing or do you want what's in the box? And often people take what's in the box and it turns out to be an orange peel or a banana peel or something and then they're looking at what the sure thing is and they're going, oh. I'm entitled my message today, The Puzzle. I know that's a puzzling, puzzling, puzzling title. The Puzzle. Because I actually find that life is like a jigsaw puzzle. I watched a movie once where the line of life is like a box of chocolates, Forrest Gump, Life is like a box of chocolate. You know, Mama always said life is like a box of chocolates because you never quite know what you're going to get. I want to tell you, if I've got a box of chocolate, I know exactly what I'm getting. I do. The first thing I do is I search out, I search out the good chocolates. And then eventually I get left with the bad chocolates. I get left with the ones that my beautiful wife does not like by the end of the box. But we've got an agreement because, see, Pastor Lynette does not like Turkish delight. And honestly, that's my favourite. We're a match made in heaven. And I don't know whether you've noticed in the grocery aisle lately, but they've got whole cabri blocks of Turkish delight. And what I sometimes do is I sometimes buy a block of chocolate for my beautiful wife. And last night I was in the supermarket and I'm looking and I saw this and I thought, I should buy that for her. I should buy this whole block of cabri Turkish delight. You know why? Because I would get it. She's saying, no, I'd lick all the chocolate off you and give you the jelly bit in the middle. So life for us as believers, as human beings, can be a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle. Now, this morning, you've been given a jigsaw puzzle piece. Now, it's not the whole puzzle, is it not? I mean, I want you to study that. Have a look at that puzzle piece. And, and, and as you study it, it's like, some of you, because you picked wisely, might have a little bit of an idea of what the puzzle is. And others of you might have got a white piece with a stripe across it. And you look at that and you go, I have no idea what this puzzle is about. I want to encourage you that life is like that sometimes. Now, those that I have picked puzzle pieces after I said you might have picked wisely have actually searched through a little bit harder to see if they can get an idea of what this puzzle might be. I I want to tell you, there's times in life where I look at what's happening around me and I look at my own life and I feel like I have this little piece of the puzzle that makes no sense to me at all. It makes no sense. I I look at it and go, I have no idea what what the big picture is because I'm concentrating on what the little picture in my hand is. I have a friend in Mildura, they were actually pastoring another church and I went around to their house for dinner one night and the wife was doing a jigsaw puzzle, she had it all laid out and I said to her, imagine what would happen if I took a piece of the puzzle home and she looked at me with the death stare. You know the death stare? Where it's like, and she said, don't you dare. She dared me. She dared me. And so me and my grace... 
And me and my mercy, I did not take a piece home that night. I didn't. But her sister was there and her sister heard the conversation and she snuck a piece before she went home. And Christine is the lady's name. When Christine had finished the jigsaw puzzle and there was a piece missing, she rang me up straight away. How dare you? I want to tell you, when you get a call like that, right, and you've forgotten about the jigsaw puzzle and you and... Her, like me and my and her husband, we were quite good friends, and we were like partners in crime in some respects, both sanguined, and so get up to all sorts of mischief. So I'm thinking to myself, what have we done? So you know that you're replaying everything that you've said to the other guy because you know one of the things that he used to say to me is, you know what, his name was Trevor as well, which makes a whole lot of sense. In actual fact, his name was Trevor Lawrence. My middle name's Lawrence. And so, you know, we figure we were brothers from another mother in some respects. But, but there, was, there was that moment where he said to me once, he goes, you know what, Trev, I reckon that we'd be on the way home from our wives' funerals and we'd call him at a motorbike shop on the way, straight from the funeral. And I've said, there's no way I would do that, maybe. So that dishonours your wife. No, she will be having fun in heaven. So why can't we have fun on earth? Anyway, how dare you, screams through the phone. And I'm going, what? What have I done now? What have I done? She goes, I finished the puzzle and there's a piece missing. And so she had put 999 pieces in this puzzle. There was one missing. And you know what? It wasn't complete. The picture was not complete. There was something missing. In actual fact, if she hung it on the wall, everyone who looks at that puzzle would look and guess what they would see? They would see the piece missing. They wouldn't look at the other 999 pieces. They would look at that one piece that's missing. I've wrecked the jigsaw puzzle this morning because we will never be able to do that jigsaw puzzle again. You might say, but we'll give you the pieces back. I don't trust you. I know what you're like. So a little while after that, I get another phone call. Oh, Trev, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I found out my sister took the piece. So I told you I was innocent. I'm always innocent. <laughs> So even though the picture was mostly complete, it wasn't actually complete. There was a piece missing. Now, I want you to look at that piece of the puzzle I gave you, and I want you to tell me what the jigsaw puzzle is of. Russell Lance going, I know. <laughs> she pulled it out of the cupboard for me this day. Anyone want to take a guess? English countryside. Who would agree? Give me a wave. Got a couple of other people agreeing. Well, you're wrong. Australian wildlife. Anyone else agree? Yeah, a couple of people. This puzzle forms a full picture, but you've only got the little bit. Can we stick the solution on the thing behind us? Australian wildlife. Why did you know it was Australian wildlife, Craig? Helena? An eye. So from an, but the, the problem is, if you had a piece of the koala, you might go, it's a koala. It's so much more than a koala. The koala might be big and in the middle. The wombat's there, but there's a little other little animal here. I don't even know what it is. There's another animal up there with a joey. There's a possum. Pastor Jim's favourite animal. I hope you got the possum piece this morning, Pastor Jim. There's a possum up there. There's actually two possums up there just for Pastor Jim. There's a kangaroo. There's an echidna. There's all sorts of different animals in this. But you know what? When you got that little bit of piece, you didn't have a clue what it was. And even if you understood what it was, and even if you had an inkling of what it was, you never got the whole picture. Can I encourage you that life is like that? 
often in life we just get a little bit of the picture. So this morning I want to look at the topic of the puzzle. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful, with thankful heart. See, here the Apostle Paul is encouraging the church that we need to teach and counsel each other in the fullness, the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of his message. Not just a piece of the message, but the fullness of the message. If we're not careful, we get stuck on part of the message. We get stuck on part of the message of the kingdom, but as we mature, because we've been talking about growth, and as we're willing to sow into the lives of others, because we've been talking about the fact that we need to take what we're given and we need to sow, what happens is as we grow in the kingdom and as we sow the kingdom, then eventually what happens is our understanding about the kingdom also grows. There'll be moments when it's like, well, you know what? I thought the kingdom was like the wombat, but there's a koala in there as well. And there's a this in there and there's a that in there as well. So in verse 17, which is the next verse on, it says, and whatever you do or say, do it as representatives of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So we have this responsibility as believers that we are to sow the fullness of the gospel to the world around us. In all its richness, we're to teach and counsel the gospel message, the kingdom message. So what's our response to a word like that? What's our response to an encouragement that we're to teach and counsel each other when it comes to the fullness of the gospel? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Very well-known scripture, Matthew 28. The Great Commission, this is your commission. If you've ever had that moment in life where you've said, well, Actually, I, I, I don't understand what I should be doing in Christ. Just read Matthew 28, verse 16 through to 20. It says this, Then the eleven disciples left Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure that of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the commission that you've been given is to do this, to take what you've been given through the kingdom and through Jesus Christ and to pass that on to someone else. Don't be the selfish believer that holds on to what you've been given it has been given to you to give away. Now let's go to Mark chapter 16, because this is also the Great Commission, but it's padded out a little bit more. Because the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 is how Matthew heard it, but the Great Commission in Mark chapter 16 is how Mark heard it. Isn't it interesting how we hear things differently? We hear different aspects of it. 
had a conversation with a young guy, oh well, a youngish guy in the church today, and when Mark Turner pulled up, he said, that's Mark's bike. I can tell by the noise it makes. I'm sure his neighbours can tell that too. And he starts it up early in the morning. Oh, Mark's leaving for work, so I'm up now. Chapter 16, verses 15 through to 20, it says this, And he told them, go into all the world and preach good news to everyone. Let's just pause there for a moment because we know that because that's the Matthew 28 part where it's like we're told to go and preach good news to everyone. And then verse 16 says this, Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Takes the pressure off us about their choice, about the message we preach. It's up to them to respond to the message. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Any believers here? These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When, um, when the Lord had finished speaking, talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the place of honour at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. See, our commission is to take what God has given us whether it's the authority over demons, whether it's the authority over sickness, whether it's a revelation about who we are in Christ and where to pass that on to someone else. And if we're not careful, we lock that passing on to someone else as the generation that goes before us. No, young people, if you're born again, your mission is not just to preach and teach in Sunday school the generation below you, it's actually to speak the truth of the gospel to anyone who will hear, anyone who will hear. So let's jump across to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because as you have a little jigsaw puzzle piece, I want to shift the focus about the emphasis of that jigsaw puzzle piece. Imagine if that jigsaw puzzle piece is you. And you might say, well, I know some people that are puzzling. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the body of Christ, talks about the church and about how we all have a part to play in the body of Christ. Can I tell you that if you're not playing your part in the body of Christ, the picture is incomplete. We don't need two right-hand corner edge pieces in the body of Christ. Guess how many we need? We only need one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read from verse 12 onwards. The human body has many parts but that many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles. Some are slaves, some are free. But we all have been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, what, uh, would that make sense? Uh, sorry, would that make, any, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If you were, 
Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body it would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. An eye can never say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot, can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the body that seems weakest or least important are actually the most necessary. Can we just pause there for a moment? Because I have parts in my body that I have no idea what they do. Honestly, I have no idea what some of the internal bits do. I know they're in there. I have a bit of a rough idea about what some do. Like our heart, we sort of have a rough idea of what that does, do we not? It beats, pumps blood around the body. But there is so much more that the heart does that we don't understand. And I, I understood this one day when I was in um, the emergency section of the Mildura Hospital because my, my heart had got a bit tired because of some whole stack of reasons. And I had all this fluid on my lungs. And that's actually why I went to hospital because I couldn't hardly, I was having trouble breathing because I had fluid on my lungs. And the doctor said this, he said, your heart is not well at this moment. And one of the jobs of your heart is to remove fluid from your lungs. I thought, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was part of the job of the heart was that it actually removes fluid from around your lungs as well. I just thought it moved blood around my body. And so if we're not careful, you know, even in the body of Christ, which is what this is talking about here, there are parts that play. Well, I, I, I want to tell you, and I want to thank those people that stepped up for Margaret Gilley's funeral, because there was a moment where I went to ring Janice and Carol to organise food and um, flowers, and I realised they were sunning themselves on the, on, in Queensland, and I went home and I said to Pastor Lynette, Janice and Carol aren't here. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? have to actually think extra. But you know what? It all just came together. It all just happened. Why? Because people were willing to step up and do it. People were willing to play a part in the bodies. And so if you were part of that, thank you. You know, I, I left on Thursday and, man, this place was a mess. There was stuff everywhere. I, I said to Pastor Lynette when I got home, I said, I reckon I'm going to be vacuuming for four hours. But someone came and did it for us. It took them three hours to vacuum, but they came and did it for us. So that when we got here on Sunday, everyone was like, ha, doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a beat. See, there's stuff that happens that you don't even know that happens. There's things that happen day to day in this place. There's things that happen this day. Like, for example, we have a young person serving out at Sunday school today. And they say, oh, Bianca's out there. No, Bianca's at Winton watching cars go around in circles. But someone else is out there serving kids. Just steps up. Probably don't know who that is. You will later because you'll find them. What verse were we up to? Three. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen in most places. Verse 24. While the more honourable parts do not require special care, for God has put the body together in such, uh, together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you have a part 
to play. The problem is, if we're not playing our part in the body, then the body suffers. You all know what it's like to have a sore foot or a sore toe or something like that. Many years ago, I ended up with some ingrown toenails and it was right at the start of cricket season and there is no way I was going to have an operation. This was when I was young. There was no way I was going to have an operation to correct, correct my ingrown toenails during the middle of the cricket season because I would have to miss weeks of cricket. There was no ways that would happen. And so by the end of the day, my front of my foot would be covered in blood and pus from playing cricket. Still did exactly the same. I want to tell you, it hurt. I suffered. And when I went to the doctor in the end, he said, why have you taken so long? And I just said, cricket. He rolled his eyes at me. And he said, we could have operated and it would have been two weeks and you would have been back playing. I said, exactly why we're having this conversation now and not halfway through the season. Because I didn't want to afford to miss two weeks. But I want to tell you, I knew about that toe. There was times when it was like I would bump it and I would give a little squelch, you know, that little, ooh, because it hurt. See, when one part of us is hurting, the whole of us should be hurting as well. So you have an important part to play in the body. Don't discount the part you have to play in the body. And you might say to me, but Pastor Trevor, I don't know what that part is. Well, we read a little bit before that we all have a part to play about growing and sowing what we've been given in the body. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 5 says this, So it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. Can I encourage you that your part that you play in the body of Christ is super important? Now, you might say, oh, but I don't do much. But you do something. Oh, I don't do much. It's not like I'm up there playing keyboard. I want to tell you, you don't want me to play keyboard. Because if I was to play keyboard, you would go, what is that noise? What is that noise? Because I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. I, I look at it and I know where C is, I know where G is, I know where D is, I know where a few notes are, but that's it. That's it. You don't want me playing key because I'm not called to play keys. We are all part of the body and we all have a part to play. The body is incomplete without you. If you take your jigsaw puzzle piece and you go home and you bury it in the ground, the picture is incomplete. If you take your giftings, if you take your talents, and if you bury your giftings and your talents in the ground, then the body of Christ is incomplete. We actually need each other. We need each other. All right, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 5. Uh, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Because whatever your part is, you're actually being given a part to play. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says this But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Great advice, Paul. You should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Let's just pause there for a moment. Because whatever your part in the body is, you need to work at telling others about the good news. Some versions of the Bible say it this way, do the work of the evangelist. Now, in our nation, when we hear the word evangelist, we get Billy Graham pictures in our mind. We get pictures of William Graham in our mind. We get pictures of huge crusades 
We get pictures of moments where it's like, you know, standing on a stage and proclaiming the good news. Can I let you in on a little secret? The reason why Billy Graham's crusades were so powerful was that other evangelists brought people to the crusade. They invited someone else. There was a whole body of people that worked together to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. When I was doing youth here many, many, many years ago, whenever we gave an altar call and one of the young people came forward, I would never, ever, ever go through the sinner's prayer with them. You might say, well, that's a bit weird as a pastor, Pastor Trevor. What I would do is I would get the person that brought them to sit there and go through the sinner's prayer with them. You know why? Because they did all the work. Honestly, they did all the work. All I did was stood up and preached a message. All I did was just did something else that brought them to a place where they had to make a decision. They're probably already at that place. And so what I would do is I would get the young person that brought the young person there and I'd say, you take them through the sinner's prayer and then you become their friend and you start to follow them up. And you do that. Why? Because I think when we get to heaven, we are going to imagine that Billy Graham has a huge crown filled with joy, jewels, filled with salvation jewels. But you know what? I reckon we might be surprised because some of those jewels might belong to a grandmother who took their kid to a crusade meeting. Or it might even be even more simple than that. It might be attributed to someone who faithfully prayed for that person for 20 years, did the work underground so that the hardness of the heart might be broken up and they were able to receive a message that was preached. So here Paul is encouraging Timothy to work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Two things. See, I don't think... Timothy was an evangelist. But Paul says, do the work and the ministry that God has given you, but along with that, to complement that, you need to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. It is our job to continually sow the good news of Jesus Christ. So I was saying that I accidentally adopted that beautiful people saying, And the reason I accidentally adopted that was that Sunday when I got up and said, hello, beautiful people, and everyone went, who are you talking about, Pastor Trevor? And so it was a challenge in my life that I was going to call you beautiful until you start to believe you're beautiful. Because you know what? You're beautiful. You are beautiful. I will put it this way. If you carry the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're beautiful. Because in the... Bible days, their oil that they used to use was like makeup and it would make your hair shine. Remember the brill cream days? Remember the brill cream days where it's like, you know, if you needed to do an oil change on your car, you just sort of wring out your hair, put it in the car. I remember the brill cream days because I was born in the 60s, raised in the 70s and obviously 80s. And so It was just at the end because really the 60s and the 70s was sort of the end of that era except for those that would not let go. You know those, my my dad had some brill cream in the cupboard. Didn't really use it a real lot but it it was there. And I'd look at it and go, this stuff's disgusting. See, if you have the anointing oil upon your life, you're a beautiful person. Actual fact, the anointing oil is described as a beautiful scent. 
when the priests were anointed with the oil, there was no confusion about where the priest was. Why? Because of the smell that went before them. You know, that smell would go before, and it's like, oh, Aaron is here somewhere. Priest Aaron is here somewhere. Why? Because I can smell. It's a beautiful smell. But if you're one that preaches the good news, guess what? Even your feet are beautiful. I love it. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 52, and we're going to finish here this morning. Isaiah 52. We have an issue with our feet, do we not? We do. Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring... Uh, sorry, to bring good news. Here we go, just slipping into the verses, I know it. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation, the news that God of Israel reigns. I want to tell you, there's a beauty. Now, it's not talking about that your feet are beautiful. It's talking about the fact that the fact that you've stepped out and you're willing to share the good news, that there is a beauty in the approach of being able to do that. It's a beautiful message to those who are willing to hear. Can I say that again? It's a beautiful message for those who are willing to hear. Now, we get caught up on those who don't want to hear. But can I encourage, it's a beautiful message. I'm so glad that I've heard the message of the gospel over and over and over and over in my life. I'm glad that even when I didn't want to hear the message, I still heard the message. I'm so glad that the message was so ingrained in my life that it's like those moments when I wanted to be naughty, I couldn't be naughty because the message was so ingrained in my life. It's a beautiful message for those who are willing to hear. Don't get caught up on those who don't want to hear. Just keep continuing to sow those very things that God gives you. So life is like a jigsaw puzzle this morning. And hopefully you'll remember that picture. That, you know, because I want to say it's frustrating when I do a jigsaw puzzle and there's pieces missing. I hate it. I, I hate it. And these days I don't do many jigsaw puzzles, but I've started doing a few models, like model cars and that sort of stuff. And it's the same thing, Legos. Anyone here good at Lego? See, when you get your bag of Lego, has the instructions that says, put this brick there. Nothing more frustrating than not having the brick. Being able to finish it, Aaron, before he left, he built a big um, wind turbine out of Lego. Why did they build a Lego wind turbine? Because they were talking about wind turbines, so he thought, I'm going to buy one. And so it was in his bedroom, and when we turned his bedroom into the man cave, (laughs) when that happened, it was there, and so I picked it up, and it went, everywhere, walked away, said to Pastor Lynette, you can move that. It's still in a million pieces. It's in the other room, but it's in a million pieces. I just hope all the pieces are there when he goes to put it back together one day. Because <laughs> there's nothing more frustrating than doing something and not having all the pieces. The kingdom of God's like that. If we're not doing what we're called to do, then we're missing out as the body. Let's all stand up this morning. And just as we um, finish up and pray this morning, um, Dawn King just wanted you to know that she's doing a lot better today, uh, which is good. Um, Dawn, Dawn got COVID and because of Dawn's um, previous history, there was bit of a concern um, there because of her lung issues and that, but she's doing a lot better today, which is good. So I know you're probably watching online, Dawn, we're praying for you. 
and we're believing for that your lungs will be stronger than ever before. Um, good. Hey, Jesus, we want to thank you that in your wisdom you made us one body. Lord, we don't want to, well, even right across our nation, Lord, Lord, any Bible-believing church, any church that loves Jesus, they're part of us. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, Lord, that our nation would see. Lord, that it doesn't matter what songs we sing. Lord, it doesn't matter what emphasis we might have as an individual church. Lord, but really, we're just part of your body, and we need each other. And so, Lord, I pray for this body, this part of your kingdom, Lord, that not only would we be united together, but we would understand those words that you challenged Timothy with, that it doesn't matter what other ministry you have, that we need to speak the gospel. And, Lord, that we would, Lord, find whoever wants to hear. Lord, we would speak the gospel because we know it's truth, we know it's life. And so, Lord, this day we are so glad that in your wisdom that you created church. Lord, that you could have come and died for our sins in a heartbeat. Lord, that you chose to establish church. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, Lord, that even as we continue to move and to sow, Lord, your kingdom principles into the world we live in, Lord, that we would see great success for your kingdom. In your wonderful name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.